You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. So I believe I have a word the Lord has put in my heart to, um, I feel like the goal of today is to cast vision and create culture for our church for going forward. It's kind of um, what God has really placed me here to do. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. The Lord showed me this in, in our service today. Uh, one day I was praying. This might get weird for some of you, but we're charismatic around here. And we were at this prophetic thing, and it was like, ask God, if you were a type of animal, what would you be? And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. One of these weird Pentecostal things. And, uh, and, I, and I was in my living room, and the Lord, I had this immediate picture, and it was so silly. And I saw a beaver. And I was like, what the heck? You know, like, I'm not a beaver. I'm like a, I'm like a gorilla, you know. I'm like a strong lion in the Lord, you know. <laughs> And no, I was just immediately saw this beaver, and I told Matt, I, said, I don't know, I think I just saw this beaver. And then I started, you know, doing my, my you know, my spiritual stuff, looking at what is the significance of a beaver, and a beaver is a builder. And that's what they are in the kingdom of God, they're builders. And the Lord was just reminding me again this morning, hey, Michael, I've, I've sent you here to build. And I've sent you here to build something that's going to last for a very long time in this city, Amen. So I believe this morning, that's what I'm going to try to accomplish, is just to lay another stone and another brick on our foundation for this church going forward. Amen? Um, Last week, Faith, come on, give it up for Faith. She preached an awesome word about the forever family. Me and Maddie were watching from home, and um, it was just really good about being part of the forever family of God, Uh, talking about her adoption story, um, being very vulnerable with you guys. I love that. How many of you like if you're the people that are leading you are vulnerable and, and, and real with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? That we don't have it all together. We do not have everything figured out. Um, but we know the one who does. Amen. So, um, man, it's really good to be back in the house of the Lord. I'm not going to lie. It is also good to sit there uh, and worship with my wife and, and also just listen. But no, I wasn't feeling very good. Um, but I'll tell you what I miss about coming to church. I, I miss, um, I, I have an excitement for, like, what the Lord is going to do that morning. Like, I, I literally think, like, man, I wonder, Jesus, I wonder who you're touching this morning. Like, I wonder who's stepping into that next level of their faith this morning. I, I wonder who you're reintroducing yourself to this morning, who, who thought you were a religious, angry God. I wonder who is sh- you're shifting that thought that morning. I miss out on those things. Um, here recently, I saw... It's kind of a funny story. Uh, a young lady's coming to our church, came out of a pretty uh, strong bath, uh, Baptist, almost said Bathlick. I don't know what that is, but a Baptist background, nothing against the Baptist, but, you know, very reserved in worship. And a couple weeks ago, I saw her down front, lifting her hands and just worshiping the Lord. And I, I just, man, I was so blessed by that. I was like, man, Jesus, look what, look what you're doing. So I miss coming Sunday, not just to worship the King, but just to see, I love to see people encounter Jesus. I love to see people grow. I love to see people change. It's just, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Amen. Is anybody else with me on that? I love to see people come and find the real Jesus. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're so good. Lord, we just prophesy right now. That your people have ears to hear and eyes to see. That God, that they will receive any seed of your word that is for their life, God. And it will take root. God, I I, I say that they will 
prepare their hearts even now of how they receive this morning, that they will be receivers. They will be willing and eager to learn, to grow, to be teachable this morning, God. And I pray that you would use me in this moment, Jesus, that you would anoint me. And I thank you for your mercy and your grace that without you, I'm nothing. Use me this morning in Jesus' name. Would you lift out your hands like this? Say, I receive anything that's from Jesus. And anything else, I don't want it. (laughs) Amen? Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. That's good stuff. So, I'm going to preach for about two hours. Welcome back. Come on. Daniel's ready. All the hungry people. See, y'all prophesying, we are hungry for the supernatural. They're like, man, I'm hungry for some chili. You know. But we're believing that's sifting. Amen? Hey, I tell you what. If you want to get hungry for God, you start eating. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like going to the prayer. You go anyways. You open up the word anyways. You start to eat. You discipline yourself and you start to fill your life with him. Amen? Come on, Jesus. All right, here we go. So today, as I was praying recently about the family, she was talking about the forever family and we're about to start our small groups. Everybody say small group. Our small groups start this week. I'm pretty sure it starts tonight for Faith and Steve's, right? Or no, next week? Okay, never mind. Next week. Ours starts this week. Uh, and Ashley and Larry start. I'm pretty sure the Guadaramas start this week. We still have sign-ups today. In the four, you still have time to sign up. We'd welcome you to come. We have a pretty good turnout so far. And I'd like to see, I would love to see every single person that calls this church home say, I'm going to be a part of the community and family of this church. Amen? You can do it. Look at your neighbor say, you can do it. And so I was praying. I was asking God, you know, really, what do you want me to talk about? And I felt just like this strong conviction to really talk about family and really talk about like the opportunity that we have, that we're about to have as a church during this next small group season, that we have the opportunity, um, we have the opportunity to actually create a culture of family. Family is one of our core values. What do I mean by that? How many of you want to be a church where you actually feel like you belong somewhere? You actually feel like you can, you can make some friends. And I'm going to tell you guys that we have the opportunity during this small group season to actually give of ourselves, to show up, and to actually come and start to create the church that you've always wanted. To create what you've always dreamed of. I'm here to tell you that God, if you're not satisfied with something, then God is calling you to change it. God is calling you to be a, to carry culture, to be a culture catalyst, to literally say, okay, as I remember years ago when we were sitting right back here where Preston was sitting in this church, me and Maddie, and the pastor just said he was going to resign. I prayed. I said, God, what do you want me and Maddie to do? What do you want us to do? I don't know if we should leave the church. There's no young people here. There's no this. There's no this. There's no this. And I feel like the Lord said, I'm going to use you here and I want you to stay. Because he said, actually, I want to, I want to, you here because I want you to help build that culture. So if you're not satisfied with something, God is calling you to help change those things. Amen? I believe that the Christian people, that we're supposed to be solutionaries and not just people who point out problems. God is not looking for anyone who can come in and just point out problems in a room. God is looking for believers and people who can come in prophetically with solutions to a room. That we come in with a solution and we say, man, oh, how, this, there, here's a need, I'm going to feel that need. Here's a need, I'm going to feel that. Oh, no one's friendly to me, I'm going to be friendly. 
No one encouraged me on Sunday morning. No one shook my hand. I'm going to make sure that every single person that's new gets their hand shook this morning. You start to, you see what I'm saying? This is how things begin to shift and change. Nothing happens when we complain. Absolutely nothing. But when you start to actually take up the mantle and say, listen, I'm going to change this. That's what Jesus literally came to do. He came to change the culture of what they thought church was. He didn't say, man, this sucks. I'm out of here. And these people aren't friendly. They're religious. They're Pharisees. No, 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 no. He constantly, he start, what did he start to do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, create community, create family. Grab, grab followers, say, come follow me. Break bread together. Go after the broken. I believe that sometimes we see that uh, some of our purpose and our destiny is the thing that upsets us. The things that upset us about certain things is actually what God's calling you to do. And one thing I say to anybody who ever um, gets in the pulpit here of our church, if they ever have this microphone, that they're not allowed to correct or rebuke our church in any way if it doesn't actually break their heart. They're not allowed to talk about people being religious or whatever else and people being this and that if it doesn't actually move their heart to tears. For too long, I think we've had too many people in pulpits just tearing down the church when they haven't actually, they don't care about it. Right? So frustrated with God's people. Listen, Jesus loves his body. He loves his church. And I've been right there with the best of us. And I believe that we have an opportunity right now to take up some of the things that frustrate us and start to make a difference in our church. That we say, well, I don't really have friends. Well, you start to make friends. Listen, friends isn't just something that happens to you. Step one, are you friendly? Just walk in church. I don't have any friends. Well, you, are you approachable? You look angry, whatever it is. Well, I can't make friends. Did you go to small groups? Did you invite somebody to lunch out of that small group? Did you invite, take it a step further, did you invite someone in your home? Me and Maddie have people in our home probably twice a week. At least. Literally. And not because we're pastors. We did it when we were youth leaders. It was just our home is a place where people can come. We want to build something. I'm just be honest with you this morning. I've never in my life been a part of a healthy church. In my life. And some reason that I cannot explain, God has asked me to create one. And I'm like, well, what in the world? Why would you ask me to do something I don't even know how to do? Why would you ask me to do something I've never learned from anybody? And he says, well, that's okay. You're just going to learn from me. So God is calling us and calling you to maybe do something. In, in this city, I believe we want to see something change and shift where you don't just start going to church and this is the church that you attend, but this is the church where you belong. And that's going to come from us breaking out of our comfort zones, breaking, getting our walls down. When we have freedom groups coming up in the fall, that you sign up, that you're, you're rushing to these things. If God's saying, if we're offering something where you can get set free, you're the first one in line. And this is what's going to shift. And I know that it will take over the next few years for us to implement our freedom ministries and deliverance and different things for us to really, for it to become culture. But I'm so excited about it beginning this year. Like I could not be more excited. Actually, my brother is at a, at a, a men's freedom camp right now in Texas. And I'm telling you, I could not be more excited for him. Like I could not be more excited for his family that he would. Glory to God. 
that he would humble himself enough to go to something like this and to go to be poured into. Amen? I'm like so excited for him. I, I, I'm picking him up from the airport tonight. I cannot wait. Um, people have been asking me, how's he doing? I'm like, I have no idea. I ain't talked to him. But I, I'm just so excited to see because I believe, I, I, was in, I was in here building face desks the other day because I'm such a handyman. And uh, just, just a really good handyman. I can build anything for you guys. And uh, that's a joke. Some of you are smiling. Some of you are real serious. You need to loosen up. And, and I was sitting there building. And out of nowhere, the Lord just told me. He said, Mike, your heart is pure. You really just want people free. And like, it's like the Lord was encouraging me. Like, man, you're doing the right things here. You're focusing on the right things. We're not the big event church. And we never will be, probably. <laughs> We want to be focused on family, belonging, you making real friendships. I, I don't want to be a church where you just come check a box. I want that to be very uncomfortable here. I want that to be very uncomfortable for those who are not pursuing freedom and maturity that you just won't fit in. I know that sounds bad. But I want to be a church that we come and we're like, hey, you know what? We got issues, but we're working on those issues. We are allowing Jesus to change us from glory to glory. We're not just showing up and saying, oh, we all got problems. We're all sinners. We're saying, no, my king came so I could be transformed. So I can look more like him in my life. I want people to see Jesus in me more than I want anything else. And that's what we want to see. We want everyone to be able to pick that up. And I believe we have an opportunity as we step into the small group season to actually give of yourself truly to others. To actually um, be vulnerable, to actually come out of your shell to serve and not be served. There's a scripture, John 14, 35 says, By this everyone will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. It doesn't say by your church attendance, by your tithe, by how you don't cuss. Listen, cussing is not the sign that you're not a Christian. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. But the reality is that the Bible says that they will know you belong to me by the way you love one another. So I believe we have an opportunity today to start to show up and actually begin to love one another. And the things that frustrate you about what church isn't, God is calling you to fix those things. He's calling you to have a solution for these things. Because I don't believe that the prophetic was ever uh, literally, in the New Testament, I don't believe the prophetic was just there to point out problems. I think it was there to have heaven solutions. We'd be able to hear from heaven. What is God saying about this? Um, like, man, I don't know about you, but when I hear about all the shootings, you know there's been 13 shootings already this year in January 2020. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. In Owensboro, Kentucky. But I don't know about you, but when I hear more and more about this, something is rising up in me. Because I know that heaven's got a solution. I know God has a solution. I know it looks like Jesus. I know it is. And I'm telling you, by the end of this year, we will be doing something on the streets of this city. I promise you. But something's burning in me. I'm not just looking at the oh, city's getting worse. When are the cops going to do something about it? No, we have the King of Kings. We have heaven's solutions. We have the answer. We have the answer. And we have the answer for family as well. And it looks like loving one another really well. It looks like being selfless and sacrificial. It looks like waiting to be in the back of the line for the chili event. 
Some of y'all are thinking, man, I was going to be the first in line today. Yeah, but that's not what it looks like. It looks like that you stay afterwards and you clean up. Well, think about this, guys. In Matthew 12, 46 through 50, they were, Jesus was speaking to some people, and it says, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak with him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, which is all of us, he says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. What he was saying was that when you got saved, like Faith was saying last week, that you got saved into a family. You didn't get saved into a congregation. But Jesus is saying, literally, it's not about, even, I believe he's speaking this, and this, if this doesn't land with you, that's perfectly fine. But Jesus is saying that some of us, some of you might have really screwed up families, and God is not telling you to hold on to those relationships with your family. He's telling you you have a new family. Some people might not like that, but Jesus said, I, I came to turn household upside down. Mother against father, brother against sister. What did he mean by that? He said, not everybody is going to get what you get about Jesus, and they might not come with you. So go around your other brothers and sisters who are going to come with you. Otherwise, you can find your biological family holding you back from building the kingdom of heaven. Why God is saying, hey, you got a new father now. You have new brothers now. You have a new sisters now that are going after the same things. You found a new family. I know it's quiet in here. But I think for so long, we, 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 we feel like we have to... God told Abraham to leave everything he knew. Completely. We have a new, we're not of this world, church. We are not of this world. We are sojourners. We are passing by. And literally, that we are going to... Everything we do has eternal purpose or not. And we are building the kingdom of heaven. Or we are staying here trying to fix things that God maybe even never told us to fix. God is saying, these are my brothers and sisters. You have been welcomed into my family. I'm telling you that if you never had a good godly father, God is saying, I've called you to be a godly spiritual father to people. If you've never had, I'm going to tell you sometimes, you know, I, I grew up, I had no grandparents. Like my grandparents lived in Texas. My mom's parents died when they were younger. We had no family get-togethers. It wasn't my, my mom's fault or anything. We just weren't close to any family. And then I get around this family last night, uh, Barry's, I was at a birthday party. And, and like his mom's there, dad, there's still this party. And I just start to get kind of emotional. Like, man, I don't know what this is like. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, this is what the church is supposed to be like. This is what the family that we're supposed to offer is supposed to be like. But you can't offer that if you're offended and broken and just closed off. God is that he's saying, listen, I want to set you free so others can see the family that I want them to see. So they could come to the small group, come around you, and realize, man, I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad I have a friend like you, Juan. Like David and Jonathan. Closer than a brother, the Bible says. And I would, I'm telling you, it's not that you don't be close to your family. I'm just saying, if your family's not running after Jesus like you want to, then maybe I'm saying you have some other brothers. <laughs> you have some people. Can we just be real this morning? Your, some of your closest friends aren't your family. And that's okay. We pray for our families. We believe God to change and transform. But at the end of the day, we have new family. 
We have new father, brothers and sisters. We're all part of this family of God. And I believe God is literally saying, hey, these small groups, you have an opportunity now to create the family and the belonging that you always wanted. And you have the opportunity to show up and give of yourself and make people feel loved and make people feel welcome. And not just be an attender of a church. We don't want just attenders of churches. We don't want people to say, man, we don't want people to be drawn to the Father's house because they heard we have a great service. Man, the music's good. We want people to be drawn here because they say, man, I know somebody who found a family there. I found somebody who found a tribe there. I know people who've been changed there. I know people who've been set free there. I know people where addictions has come off. I know marriages have been restored. That's what we're looking for. And that's going to come when we humble ourselves and we start to show up and we say, man, I'm going to let my walls down. When freedom comes this year, we're going to sign up. When we have other things come, we're going to be there. It's because we want to be the church family that people show up and say, man, I, I found my tribe. They show up to small group and say, I found it. I commend Ashley and Larry Bartley for their small group. We've had people tell us, man, if, if it wasn't for that small group, that's where we really found our, we found peace. That's what really landed us was in their home. In their home. I, I, Pastor, are you offended by that? Not at all. Not even close. Because true, genuine relationships cannot happen on Sunday morning, guys. They won't happen on Sunday morning. Unless you're serving together. Even outside of that, you still don't really know people. Sunday morning is when we come together corporately to gather to give God praise. I believe there's something that can only happen in corporate worship that can't happen just by yourself. It's a beautiful thing. We come to be equipped. We come to hear from heaven. We come to receive the word. And if something lands on us, we take root and we apply it. But listen, we cannot build intimate relationships on a Sunday morning. That only will happen when you're walking out of this building today. When you're walking to the chili if you come. When you're sitting around a table at the chili today that you're being friendly, that you're being open. That you show up at small group and if they, they have a food uh, list to bring something, you show up and you bring something. Come on, don't be the person who shows up to small groups and just wants to be served. Right? That's not family, right? So in my house, <laughs> in my house, like I have little kids, right? I have a one-year-old, three-year-old, hold on now, four-year-old, five, just kidding, one, three, five, and 14. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you think you got it rough. <laughs> but the reality is this. In my family, there's, every, there's, ex, there's expectations of different age groups. And, but everybody has, they have something they bring to our family. For an example, when you're a baby and you're new in Christ, if you're Elena in our house, there's no expectations. <laughs> She's one. She's new in Christ. She, need, she needs to be served. She needs to be fed. She needs to have her diaper changed. She, she constantly needs that. But listen, some of you, God is saying, I've taken you out of infancy in Christ and trying to mature you in the Lord. If you're a baby in Christ, I'm just going to be kind of raw with you this morning. If you're still just always looking to be served, you're probably still stuck in infancy. And then you got mercy. What's mercy doing? She's three. She can help. Mercy, go get this. Mercy, go get this. She can help. She's, she starts to learn that if it's part of this family, we all contribute to this house. We're, Maddie is not our maid. Contrary to what some of my kids, they might think. But 
we contribute as a family. In a healthy family, we all bring something to the table. In Mercy, she loves to be a little leader, a.k.a. in charge. And she loves to we go get a diaper. Hey, will you throw us away? But at, at the very beginning of our children's growth, we teach them to learn how to take responsibility. Hey, throw this away. Can you close that drawer? We try to give them as much as they can. It's the same thing in the kingdom of heaven. If you're new in Christ, we're going to cater to you. We're going to do everything we can to serve you. But we want you to grow out of that place and start helping. And start serving and start bringing something to the table. And then you get Redding's age and he can do more. And check this out. Then you get Carter's age and you're 14 and you're an adolescent, Lord. And you can do a whole lot more. I'm pretty sure he cooked a grilled cheese the other day. Come on, somebody. I don't know how good it was. But he's cooking for himself. Now, I can't wait until he can start driving. I can't wait because as we grow in the Lord, guys, as you're growing in the Lord, you have a moment this morning to see where you're at. Are you wanting to be served or are you ready to serve? If you're wanting to be served, you might find yourself like, okay, God's, I'm still young in the Lord then, even though I'm 60 years old. If you still have that entitlement, that's not what God, Jesus told them. The Son of Man came not to serve, but, or to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. God himself said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. Jesus himself, literally, when he was being betrayed, he washed the feet of his disciples to serve them. And the, the, lowest, the lowest thing a servant had to do in the house was wash people's feet. And Jesus took the lowest place. And the Bible says because of that, he was exalted to the highest place. To the highest place. Exalted to the heaven above everything and above all rule and authority. I believe if you're looking for God to exalt you, he's trying to humble you and he's trying to lower you. So when you come to small groups and different things, guys, as we mature in the Lord, you come and you, you bring something to the table. You bring solutions to the table. You bring, uh, you bring answers. You bring a good heart. You bring love. You bring these different things. You bring some cheese for the chili. Right? And you start, I believe that we can step into this next season of small groups where it's not just a small group, but you actually start to find friends, build a real community, and we can have people say, man, that small group is what really changed my life. That's what kept me in the faith. That's what kept me sober was coming to those weekly meetings where we shared a meal together. This morning, uh, instead of uh, uh, having some serious prayer time, I was playing hacky sack with Ben in the hallway. Somebody might be thinking, well, that seems irresponsible. Guess what? We're just being family. <laughs> just having a good time. Family is fun. You got to learn how to have fun with one another. We had a blast. We literally had, we were trying to get to 10 kicks. We finally got to it and we celebrated right there over there in the hallway. While people were probably looking at us crazy. Because church just isn't supposed to be this serious thing that happens on a Sunday morning with a microphone and a music and all this stuff. It's something that happens across the table. It's something that happens with a cup of coffee. It's something that happens with someone crying on when their mom passes away, whatever it is. And I believe that God is wanting to shift our idea of what we think church is. Church is family. Church is community. Church is breaking bread. Church is not services. It's, those, those are good. People say, well, we're not supposed to come to church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it can start here, but this is just a small piece of what God is wanting to do. A small portion. Golly, we had people in our house the other day at 2 in the morning or something. 
Lord, help us. What was I thinking? You know what I was thinking? I love these guys. This is worth being tired in the morning. I used to stay up to four in the morning doing drugs. And I can't stay up to two in the morning now building relationships and community with God's people. I can't come once a week and have community with God's people. Come on, church. I believe we can do better than that. Amen? I believe we will do better than that. I'm excited for all. We have a lot of people signed up. I commend you for that. But I'm telling you, I want to see the whole church rooted in family. Rooted in family. Grounded in love. Built up to be God's holy priesthood. I I believe it, and I believe we're going to see it. And I believe that when the freedom ministries and things we do here are going to be so significant for the growth of this church. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's going to be so amazing. I cannot wait. Pastor Daryl tells me, Mike, you're always here, but you're in the future. And I say, well, this this is how God's wired me. I'm always looking to build. Where are we going? (laughs) What are we building? How are we going to change this city? How are we going to reach these teenagers? How are we going to change this crime rate? How are we going to build? How are we going to do this? God, I need you to show up in a mighty way. And I was praying and um, you know, church, isn't it like such an honor that Jesus would consider us his family? Like, let's just think about that for a moment. That Jesus, if he was here right now, and his actual mom and brothers were over here, and somebody said, hey, your mom and brothers are here, Jesus would turn to all of you and say, oh, here's my family. What do you mean? My family's right here. What an honor that Jesus would count us as his family. I mean, I don't know about you, but that moves me. It's not to be taken lightly that he is our brother. We are co-heirs with him. It's an amazing thing. And I believe that God wants us to start building relationships with one another, even if it's one person. I'm not telling you, tell your dirty laundry to everybody. But get one friend. Get somebody you can tell your problems to. Man, I'm struggling, A, B, C, and D, whatever it is. And start to grow out of whatever place you're in that God's trying to take you to. Amen? All right, I got a couple things real quickly that I want to share. Ephesians 4, 11 through, or excuse me, 15 and 16 says, rather speaking the truth in love. You know how you build family? Some of our families, we grew up with people telling us the truth, but there's no love attached to it. You're an idiot. <laughs> you always screw things up. <laughs> You're never going to be good enough. You know, like whatever it is, you're fat. You need to lose weight. Like that might be the truth. But there's a difference between telling the truth in love. Maybe you ever heard the thing, if you've ever been to any marriage stuff that's worth it, salt, it was talking about, it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. How are you speaking? Can people see that you care when you say things? You have the opportunity when we can start to build community, come to small groups, to speak the truth and love to one another, amen? We are to grow up, somebody say grow up, in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We are to grow up, amen? God's plan is not for you just to get born again on a Sunday morning and stay that way. He wants you to grow up in every way into Christ. And we have an opportunity to do so. From the whole body joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, 
makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let me look at this part. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow. That is healthy growth. Getting speakers in here and having the coolest music is not healthy growth. When each of you is doing your part, growing in your own relationship, getting the breakthrough you need and serving the gifts that God's giving you, that's what makes the body grow. This is what builds a healthy home. And I dare to believe that healthy families will change a city. It will change a city. Healthy homes, healthy parenting. Listen to you don't understand how important raising your kids is. And the atmosphere of your home is so, so important. Extremely important. And as we see this, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love when each part is working properly. I believe God is saying he is calling us to work properly for our part to do our part, to show up. Like my kids, they get older, they're doing their part. Carter now, he does the dishes, he cleans the chairs, he takes out the trash. He's doing more. The more mature he gets, the more he does. I've heard some people say, well, I served in the church for 20-something years, and I'm past that now. What in the world is that? That's not even close to what the Bible says. <laughs> the more mature we get, the more we're entrusted to. Not the less we do. People think, well, I want to get raised up. Listen, I'm going to tell you, being at the, the, the senior pastor seat, I haven't gotten less to do. <laughs> I got more to do, and the weight of those things I'm doing is even heavier than it was. Right? But God wants to mature us so he can entrust us more. Amen? How many of you want to be entrusted with more of the kingdom of heaven? I know I do. And he's saying, would you start to be faithful with where you're at? Would you start to work properly with where you are now? And then you'll see God begin to exalt you. Amen? Worship team, could you come? I got three little things I'm going to share real quick. Number one is I want you to get this. Family is intentional. Say intentional. What I mean by that is it will not happen to us passively. Creating a culture of family and real relationships is not just going to happen to our church. You creating friends and feeling like you belong isn't just going to happen to you. Does that make sense? It's going to be intentional. It's going to be you showing up and you saying, I'm signing up. I'm going to be here. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start encouraging. I'm going to do whatever the thing that bothers me. And I'm going to start to bring a solution to those things. You got to be intentional. We went to marriage ministry here recently. We're doing a marriage coaching right now with some friends of ours. And the biggest takeaway I got from that four-hour day was that if I want my marriage to be healthy, I have to be intentional. That was my primary takeaway. Because it had at the end of it, it had you write your primary takeaway. And I wrote intentionality. It will, I will not be a good father unless I'm intentional. I will not be a good husband unless I'm intentional. I will not be a good pastor unless I'm intentional. I will not have the things that I truly desire unless I'm intentional. And God is saying that to all of us today. You have to be intentional if you want family. If you have to be intentional if you want your marriage to grow. If you want to grow in Christ. If you want to grow in your relationship with God. You have to be intentional. You have to literally start to step out of the box and start to make changes. Amen. Lisa and Juan are starting a small group for the first time. They're some of our new small group leaders. 
just felt like it was time and they're stepping out of the box they said yes to it saying I'm going to be intentional to create a community I know I'm going to grow out of this I know God's going to use me but I'm going to show up and I'm going to say yes God is inviting us this morning there's an invitation from the Father He's inviting you to build family He's inviting you to build culture and I believe we have an opportunity this morning to say yes Lord I'm going to show up yes God I'm going to give up myself yes God I'm going to have solutions number two this is something really important family is messy if you have a real friend y'all have made each other mad before or they probably ain't that good of a friend right you've, you've said something to offend that person before if you, how many of you got real friends y'all have offended each other at some point but you've stayed friends hopefully family is messy choosing relationships can be messy Having, confrontation is a part of family but truth spoken in love the Bible says a kind word will turn away wrath the Bible also says a wounded friend, a wounded friend is harder to reach. Listen, you're going to get offended. Somebody is going to offend you. If you choose family, if you choose community, listen to me. Jesus chose community and family with the disciples and they betrayed him. They turned their backs on him. And I'm here thinking, well, that's not very encouraging. He didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to love. He called us to be just like Him in every way. To give of ourselves completely, not wanting anything in return. Community can be a mess. Having relationships can be a mess. But I can tell you this. No matter how many problems I've had in my personal family with my brothers, they're still my brothers. And I believe Jesus, when he saw Peter betraying him, he still thought, no, that's still my, that's still my brother. And he proved that when he came back to him and he fed them on the bank of the, uh, the river. He literally came and he restored Peter. He proved to him, hey, you know what, Peter, family's going to get messy. But I believe the family of God is also forever. Back to what Faith was saying. The forever family doesn't just mean we're going to be with Him forever. It means that we don't give up on one another. It means that no matter what we go through, no matter how many times we're offended, no matter whatever it is, we say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to give up on you. I don't care how mean and rude you are, I'm praying for you. And I'm believing God to change you. Come on, that's how marriage works. Can somebody say amen? No matter how bad it gets. Remember when you took your, your vows, what did it say? For better or for worse. I believe the family of God is meant to be forever. But you might show up and you might get offended by somebody, but you keep showing up. Can we stand to our feet? You know, I've been teaching mercy. I tell her, I say, Jesus is our strong tower and I have her repeat it she says Jesus strong tower and I tell her that because I want her to learn that Jesus is her protector that Jesus is her place of refuge that people are going to hurt us one day but Jesus is there that we can run to him could our prayer team come
lift our hands to heaven in this room. And I just start to prophesy that we will not be a church that's just about attendance. That we will be a church that builds family, that we are intentional about our community, that we are intentional about our relationships, that we're not afraid any longer of letting people in. But Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that every wall must come down. By the love and blood of Jesus, God, every wall must come down. God, I pray that you would start to build in these small groups. God, we prophesy life. We prophesy peace. We prophesy family. We prophesy community. God, we prophesy healing, signs and wonders, God. Salvations to come out of these homes, Lord. Like that song, that salvation would flood the streets, oh God. Let it start in our small groups, Lord, in these houses. Let it start here in this service. And let it run into the streets and in our homes, Jesus. Father, we love you. And in this moment, with every eyes closed, if you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to be saved, if you need salvation, if you've never repented of your sins, and you need to give your life to God, you need to ask Him for forgiveness, and you need to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, that He would be in charge of your life. If you need to give your heart to Him, with every eyes closed, would you lift your hand real high to heaven right now? I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my heart to Him this morning. We're going to wait just a moment. I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. I see that hand. Come on, church. Glory, Jesus. We love you, King. Anybody else, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my heart to Him. Anyone else? I'm going to wait just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Anyone else? Last call here. <laughs> you can still get saved on your way home. You can get saved at the chili cook-off. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. If you raised your hand to give your life to Jesus, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come down front with one of our prayer team. And we want to pray with you and bless you. Come on. If you raised your hand, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come down. Don't be ashamed. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to come. Come on, guys. Put it. Give it up for them. Hallelujah. Come on. I know there was another, a couple more. Would you come? Come on, take a step of faith and just come. We want to meet you at the altar. Before you leave, I believe the reason why we do this is because I believe if you can't make that step of faith in front of God's people, it's going to be very hard for you to live for Jesus outside of His doors. So if you raise your hand, would you come? We love you. This is not a walk of shame. This is a walk of breakthrough. This is a celebration walk to the King of Kings. Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah because you just put your hand on your heart church and I just feel like the Lord's saying would you just speak out I'm ready for whatever you want for whatever you have for me I'm ready Jesus break down my walls
Father, I pray that your word today, like it says, that your word would not return void. That people would catch the word of God. They would catch the ball today and not drop it. We love you, King. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Guys, if you need prayer for anything at all, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for comfort, if you need prayer for anything at all, before you leave, go ahead and come down. We'd love to pray with you, partner with you. We love you guys so much. You're going to the chili cook